da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, it's a rainy, stormy night here in the Plex, DFW. So, what better time to talk a little M Night Shyamalan? In late September, we're in the kind of doldrums of the movie season, which we've discussed many a years on the show, during movie draft season and things like that. But here we are to uh, talk about a movie that's been requested by a bunch of you in the Discord. A bunch yeah. of our VIPs, our exclusive listeners who uh, keep the conversation going off the air. Uh, you know, this is a movie that everybody's been watching, like pretty much since it uh, came out in the theaters in July and then on demand. It's one that's popped up in a lot of discussion and, uh, you know, people asking what we think and such. So not a lot happening uh, in the theatrical realm of things. So here we are to talk uh, in my Shyamalan, which is always a fun topic of conversation. Welcome in to another Mad About Movies. I'm Kent, back this week mm. and joined by Richard and Brian. Who, did you learn your lesson? You're, yeah, you're because you guys did, did the best suspension, okay. the best uh, movie news episode ever. <laughs> I, I think I should just, I should just leave the show. Like, let's <laughs> let's take a vote. Kent leaves the show. Uh, take you know four months sabbatical suspension. <laughs> I could use the the mental break. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's been a long eight <laughs> nine years here trying doing this thing. Putting up with our crap, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I mean, I was I was uh, quite entertained, and I know the listener was as well by by movie news. Last week, but man, it's football season, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got a lot going on on the Athletic uh, Podcast Network. Make sure you're following our NFL right. coverage over there. You mean La you're Liga, fan. right? You're you're just locked in on La Liga yeah. for 10 months At, a year. Uh, yeah, are you in on uh, Atleti or Villarreal? Yeah. <laughs> Little League World Series just uh, wrapped, and I'm still, rec- still, you know, the hangover is significant. It's over Let's now, but this is this is the period of the year where it's actually more work for you, Kent, because you have to you, you well, got to start scout. scouting. Yeah, it's year. it's all yeah. the prepping for my all the bets that I roll out right. next yeah. year. You know, because right. I hinge I hinge my entire mortgage every year on the LWS. <laughs> I don't know if I told you guys that. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty profitable so far, but as it should. Yeah, I tell you about the guy that's like. I scrolled across it on Twitter. His like lifelong dream was to coach in the Little League World Series. He'd been managing Little League for like forty years. I tell you guys about mm, this. No, yeah, one Sounds of the funniest weird. things I've ever seen. This guy is a Little League manager. He has mm. adult children. His kids right. are long since. He's just been doing this. Yeah, not not creepy at all. Really, he wasn't. Just a weird old dude. And. Just he went on a trip to where do they have it? It's in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah, we all hate the Little League World Series for context. So anyway, right. I watched this two minute video where he went on a trip a couple years ago to this wherever they have it, and mm. he refused to go in because he's if I'm going to go, okay, I'm gonna all right, he's that guy, right? He's like a total tryhard, you know. <laughs> oh, That's terrible. and anyway, um, he. And he gets in the finally makes it there, and they lose like fifty five to nothing to some <laughs> team who I love now. I love all these kids, and the kid, <laughs> the kid he's pitching against him throws a shutout. I don't think it was a no hitter, but it was a shutout. And then he like he coach K's him like he the, the minute the game's over, the, the the kid just wants to celebrate with his you know ten year old teammates because he's ten, uh-huh. and the coach runs out there and sh- demands that he shakes his hand. 
<laughs> and you're like, All right, oh my gosh, I hate you so much. Like you're the worst person. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that guy lost. I hope he never goes back. Brian, you're in. <laughs> it's the, an incredible video. I'll try to find it. Brian's they're, in. They're the, all presenting it like it's great, and the whole time going, yeah, I hate no, this guy. No, that's terrible. It's awful. Brian, you're in the kids youth youth sport industry. Yeah, uh, yeah. we need to get you like a total Ted Lasso situation where you just take on a, a little league world series team and leave them to <laughs> and just go full lead tasso on. Yeah. Them. I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Get a real mustache yeah. and try to throw yeah. out crazy, if, you know, if I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with, uh, I'm coaching, I'm coaching two soccer teams right now, my son's team. And then, um, and they're, we're pretty good. That team's pretty good. And then my, um, I didn't have enough coaches this year. And so I'm also coaching my nephew's team. And he's trying real hard. Um, they're really sweet kids. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just, it's a disaster every week. It's a, it's just a, dis- we lost five to nothing this week and it could have been 20 and it was just like, I don't really know guys. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just, this is just terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. I think the biggest uh, discreditor, and this is a perfect <laughs> AMA topic, by the way, we have an AMA coming up this week in the, in the VIP. So we're going to be answering a ton of your questions from the listener on movies and everything else so mm. if you're a, a subscriber to that be look forward to that as well as our conversation on pan's labyrinth which is mm. celebrating 15 years so that'll drop this week as well so double the episode action on the on the vip feed but i think the bi- biggest discreditor for the little league world series should be that like no one has ever done well in baseball <laughs> who's come out of the come little league world that, series yeah. i mean like that, that you know, there's a couple much. goalies right i remember that there's a couple of hockey players that were like literally yeah. serious players, but yeah, you're right. There's never been like a pitcher in the MLB that's like, man, I remember him when he was mowing him down the LLWS. It's never, it's never been a, never been the case. Well, it turns out baseball's terrible, um, and so you <laughs> yeah. only have so many years you can endure it. So if you start mm-hmm. that young, if we want kids no to, if we want kids to be passionate about baseball, we should probably make it super competitive and televise it for adults to like bet on and stuff. Like that's, <laughs> I think that's the yeah. the right yeah. the right approach to take. Right, that's right. Make these yeah. kids hate each other and are right. all crying mm-hmm. and stuff. That's just mm-hmm. yeah. it's terrible. Well, all if right. science teaches us anything, it's that by at eleven years old, you're basically an adult. You know, you can handle emotions and stress and stuff yeah. really well. So. So, Daniel Monte, did, baby. Yeah. He was <laughs> exactly. basically adult because he was 33. <laughs> well, it's good to be back in the fold and, and back with you, you boys and back on the main feed because we're going to get some weekly recommends here at the end, which I'm looking forward to. So stay tuned for that. But in right Shyamalan talk, fellas, when's the last time we talked about uh, Mr. Shyamalan? Was it uh, Split or Glass? glass? glass yeah, one episode, of those. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think we've we've done some throwbacks in the in the VIP too, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, I think we did Unbreakable, Unbreakable and yeah. um, I think we've done Signs. Maybe we haven't yet. Uh, I'm not sure. On anyway, signs. yeah, where it seems like he's always a topic of conversation, but we rarely get to talk about an actual movie that he makes. And uh, this is, I, I think I speak for you guys when I say that. He's somebody that we really like and want to see him do, I think, movies like this. I might be speaking for myself on that one, but this is not a guy who should be doing $50 million, big, big, high budget CG type stuff like the Outlast Airbender and and things like that. And After Earth, that's the last M. Night Shyamalan we talked, guys. That was After Earth. 
Wow, can't believe I remember that. Oh, oh we did do that during the last the bad year movie. Yeah, during the uh, the Oof. worst time in uh, the world's history. Mm. We were talking after Earth, so it was. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense now, you know. And when you go back and look, you're like, what were they talking about during the pit? Yeah. Oh, after Earth. Mm. Yep, that makes right. sense. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's somebody who should be doing that. But you know, you give this guy two million to five million dollars, uh, and. You know, uh, I guess free reign to kind of be weird and be M. Night Shyamalan-y. I'm in. I'm in. You know, I yeah, can't believe it works. I can't believe Netflix hasn't thrown money at this guy. <laughs> Signed him to a four. They picture don't have deal. checks that low. They're like Wait, I guess. twenty million dollars for four yeah. movies. We can't. Our counting can't. team, we can't. Yeah. We, we either most give you minimum we can do is eighty million whole per movie. Spreadsheet, yeah. man. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We'd love to work with you, but you're just you're just too cheap. Yeah. It seems like he could crank out like eight movies for $50 million. Like he's that kind of director, (laughs) which I like. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as like where he is in his career, I think he's kind of found his place, to be quite honest with you. You know, he burst onto the scene with The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and Signs. And everyone was like, this guy's the next Alfred Hitchcock. It's obvious. And then it was pretty clear after like multiple, multiple uh, you, you know, I guess movies that would make your eyes roll that um, he wasn't. And so now that he, he he's kind of the pressure's off, I think he, he can do what he he um, is good at again. And, and so that's encouraging to see kind of where he is in his career uh, at this point in time. Minus this movie, like pre this movie. I'm, I'm talking mm. like up until this movie. We'll talk about this movie here. But uh, sure. Brian, where do you stand on M. Night as, as far as, uh, September 28th, 2021. Yeah, man, I I'm a little bit older than you guys, so I don't know I what 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 age range or grade were you guys when when uh when the Sixth Sense came out? I'm sure we've talked about I that was in probably class, but... in 5th grade. Yeah, I was in 6th grade. Okay. Something like that. I think yeah. I was a I remember junior. watching it for sure yeah. and I I remember seeing uh signs in the theater and mm-hmm. and Unbreakable, so yeah, I mean, yeah, the signs I mean, was probably my most memorable theater experience. Like outside oh, nice. of outside of like Independence Day, which we talked about on the in the VIP, mm-hmm. is like a big summer blockbuster. That one was sure. like uh, insane. <laughs> you know, like it felt like seeing Psycho or something in the mm-hmm. in the theater. Just with the the way the opening credits were, with like the old timey font and like the the old music and everything. And it had all those horror elements and the scream factor. And I remember when that, that Joaquin scene where he's like watching the, the video in the closet, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I've never heard so much screaming in a theater in my entire life. Like that was, I still get chills thinking about it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, sure. But that's like the peak I think of him. And, but yeah, I was, yeah. I was very young, but yeah, old enough to like watch these movies. Sure. Okay. Sixth Sense was just like a, such a phenomenon, obviously for for I mean just all of culture. But when you're 16 or 17 years old, too, I mean, I saw that movie probably. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I don't think by saying I probably saw that somewhere between half a dozen and ten times in the theater. It just was like a, this constant thing of like, well, hey, have you seen Sixth Sense? You haven't? Well, we could go see it. It starts at 9:20, you know, and and we're gonna see that a lot. Um, so I I. Uh, the first like three M Night movies were were huge events for me, and um, he kind of occupied a 
a pretty elite space for me as far as 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 uh you know directors as film goer filmmaker goes um I was way more into M Night than I was into like David Fincher movies or something like that, and uh, and I I think Signs is incredible. I think Unbreakable is a really good movie. Six Sense, um, if if you could rewatch Six Sense, you know, and not know what's happening with it, I, I think I, for a one time viewing, that's just that's an incredible film. Um, and then it just kind of it falls apart from there. I I like The Village. I'll kind of I don't know that I'll go to bat for that, but I I, I think there's, there's. I do some, too. Some I saw that by there. myself in the theater, Brian. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember right. seeing it and being like, that was either the greatest yeah. thing I've ever seen or the or the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen. You yeah, know, I, mean, I was so thrown off. The end. I did not yeah. see it coming at all, and I was like. Oh my god! My mind's either village. blown or I'm super disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> right, you, you can start to see how it's kind of coming apart. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and and that that comes to fruition more with with Lady in the Water, <clears throat> and then the happening was the last time that I was like excited to go see an M Night movie. Um, when I first, I think that came out. The I'm looking at it now. I think that came out. Uh, yeah. The year it was. It came out the year I was. I was. I was dating my wife and. Um, and we were both really excited about that. Got some friends together to go see it, and it's just one of those. I, that's the only time I've ever seen it was was in theaters, and it was like within five minutes, you know, you've made a, a terrible decision. You know, it's just such an awful movie from from the first the first minute, and then he follows that with like Last Air, Airbender and, and After Earth and stuff. Um, so I've kind of ridden the wave with him, and his name still. Like when I see that he's attached to a movie uh, or or a project or whatever, it's I my immediate thought is like, oh, dude, that's you know that's the guy that did signs, you know, and and then my next thought is like, oof, but also happening and Last Airbender and stuff. I mean, he's at this point he's he's got a uh, he's he's got more misses than hits, and he's an Eagles fan, so <laughs> yeah, and it's just his whole. You know his whole deal. I don't know if you guys ever read the that book that came out when um, the Lily team, the Water. Eagles, not the band, the Eagles. I know there was confusion right. about that yeah, last let's, week. Let's not the get football too, team get too confused here. Uh, either one's pretty see. offensive. Yeah, to be it's a fan of. it's tough. It's tough either way. <laughs> right. uh, there's a book called The Man Who Heard Voices, and I was looking for my copy today, and I couldn't I couldn't find it, so I may have lost it at some point in a move. But by Michael Bamberger, and he he wrote it basically during the production of lady in the water and it, it's not i don't know it's like some interviews and some just kind of backstory stuff it's a pretty interesting book if i remember but it's you know it's been 15 years since i read it but um part of it is just like the egotistical nature of being a filmmaker who's now like given sort of carte blanche to do whatever they want and um i'm not sure that that's he's ever quite gotten over that i think i think you're totally right kent and i'm sure we have said this before like when we talked that dumb oh found footage one the the visit when the the kids go to their grandparents yeah. or whatever how many years ago um this is what he's best at this this sort of small to mid budget movie where he has total creative control it seems like and he can just go kind of go tell his story and if it works great and if it doesn't work cool you lost 20 million it's not that big of a deal and he's always almost always except for the happening he's he he has like a cool idea somewhere yeah. in there um whether it comes to fruition, I don't know. But, you know, part of that whole, hey, you found the thing you're good at is like, be cool if you'd figure out that maybe other people do have like a good voice when it comes to, maybe you should listen to other people sometimes, a little bit anyway. Um, but anyway, I, I you you can respect what he what he does. And, and like I said, he always has a cool idea. And it's just, is the execution going to be there? And then 
is the talent going to be good enough on their own to give a decent performance? Cause I don't think he's ever like directed well, as far as like getting the most out of the actors sort of thing. And so it's just this kind of weird glom that you get with him. So anyway, I know yeah. that was a very long winded way to say. So when, when this movie starts getting advertised, I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Like, I'm not really interested in that. But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, but could this be the one where he kind of like returns to form? And yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. There's, we're probably, we're probably five more bad movies away from me just being like, this guy sucks. He doesn't know what he's doing and just get out of it entirely. But there is still like a slight hold on me of like, what if, what if, what if it could be good? Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I think, I think regardless of whether his movies are ever mainstream, hugely successful or critically acclaimed again. Mm-hmm. I still think in the genre that he makes movies in, he'll there will always be a place for M. Night Shyamalan. He can be making movies in this style that are 10, 20% mm-hmm. uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, sure. and he'll still have a huge fan base of loyal horror fans. Uh, I mean, that's just that's just kind of the, the way... It's kind of like metal music, you know? It's like mm-hmm. there's yeah. always metal fans of metal music. You... you Bands that I was touring with in 2005 are still out on tour, um, playing the same songs to the same fans because those fans are just diehard. And it's kind of the same with with horror fans. And, and science fiction is, is very similar, too. So once you kind of get them, they never really let go of you. So yeah. he's got that going for him. Richard, what's your current M. Night status? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm a fan of a lot of... Like- to echo a lot of what you said, his smaller films are always, you know, a little risk. I think um, him going to Universal um, with The Visit was a real... His movies have gotten much better um, since that. I think he's someone that probably... I don't, it's not like I'm like a Team Universal guy, but, um, you know, he's kind of hopping around from... He was with Buena Vista, which was that Disney studio for a long time, until The Village, and then he goes to Warner Brothers, 20th Century Fox, Paramount, and Sony, and those movies are Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, and After Earth. Mm-hmm. Then he gets to Universal on a multi-picture deal and does The Visit, Split, Glass, and Old, all of which are at least okay, right? He doesn't... They kind of. Well, I think what a studio does for him is kind of take out the basement. Sure. Um, yeah. His ceiling is still going to be up to him, and we all kind of with signs in the sixth sense or, you know, who knows if he'll ever get there again. Um, but I think a strong studio system for him helps kind of raise the floor as to what the work, you know, I'm much more confident now that whatever comes out from him because of these four movies are, is not going to be completely awful. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think, I think that's, I guess a a feather in universal's cap. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, he's, he's a, he, I know there's plagiarism accusations against him, but he, he, other than that, um, he's a very original <laughs> voice, you know, uh, he makes, you know, he, he's obviously known for the, the plot twist and things like that, but he is a, there is an aesthetic to him. And I, I, uh, I agree with you, Brian. I don't always, with the exception of signs, um, it's six sense to an extent, you know, I don't, I don't think of him as like the greatest director of actors and he's certainly not like a crazy innovative visual director, Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a real, you know, there's a real kind of, um, uh, cohesion. He, 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 there is some, you kind of know an M night movie. I don't know if that's in the script or the direction when you, when you see it. Um, and so to, to that, I mean, he's not going to be Fincher or PTA or Quentin or anything like that. He's not on that level, but, um, of his generation, he's certainly someone, uh, he's kind of like weird, 
weirdly uh i'm sure he's very influential too like like hitchcock before him yeah i i think his is it it all comes down to tone like him he's all about the tone like you know and the voice of an in my Shyamalan movie because they don't all look the same they don't all they're not all really the same genre but they're all the same mood if that makes sense and I, I remember watching Split and us talking about it and thinking, holy moly, this guy could be back. <laughs> you know, that one, that one to me was like the return of, of M. Night. Uh, and, we, you know, obviously where that went with Glass and everything, that was a classic M. Night twist. Like you would never see from 10 miles, 10,000 miles away, but made sense and connected things. And that performance from James McAvoy was so off the yeah. wall and bizarre and I don't know. I just felt like he really, he really struck a chord with, uh, with that movie. And so we get to old now in, in 2021. And apparently this is based off of a short story that he read or a book that he read and wanted to do it. My biggest complaint with him night throughout his entire career is everything has to be Written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. It's like, dude, yeah. just just go find an awesome script and make it with a good twist in it. Like, you're not the only one doing twists out there, dude. You know, there are talented scripts, uh, screenplays, screenwriters out there to work with that can really help you find a vision that works. Because you're, you nailed it, Brian. He has great ideas. He has great pitches, right? It's all, a, you know, a great poster, right? A great trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really that's all you you get with his movies. These you gotta days. imagine the treatment is great. Like if you read the you know the the I don't know the the twenty page of what this movie's gonna be, I would imagine every time you're like, man, this sounds awesome. This sounds really. I don't even really know if you good. have to read the twenty yeah. page. I think like yeah. studios, like he just goes in and says, my next movie is about people sure, show up sure. on a beach and they rage at they they age an entire lifetime in one day and they don't know why. In the end, you find out why. Okay, cool. That sounds good. Mm. Go do that, you know? And there's no accountability, really, to any of how you get there. And I really felt it strongly with this one. Like, we'll get into this right now. Um, you know, there, you're always going to expect a twist with, with an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And that's what you go in thinking about. And as opposed to like Jordan Peele where you, you went in not really expecting things. And now we're going to go into Jordan Peele movies expecting twists, but he could kind of catch you off guard at first. But now it's like you come in with eyes wide open into his movies, looking for every single detail and, and every single tell on how this thing's going to unfold. Uh, without getting into spoilers, like I thought this was the most obvious twist ending. I know where this is going of any in night movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Maybe. What about what yeah. did you guys see, think about that? On um, what, where, like you know, what you expected it to be mm -hmm. once you started watching it versus what it was at the end. Like there was like I was not caught off guard. I was not surprised. Um, I'll say the execution was poor. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, it was a twist by definition, uh, um, or a reveal. So it's not even a twist; it's a reveal. Yeah, that's the <laughs> point. I. I... I was not totally sure what was going to happen, but but it was it more so than any of his other his previous films. I think you had a really good feel for like what this is. I I, I don't know. I I I can't 
think of any of these previous movies where I really knew what the premise and what the concept and the, everything was going to, what it was going to be. Now, like the ending, I wasn't super, sh- I wasn't totally sure what was going to happen. And I, I don't know. I, you know, I, you know me, I don't think that far ahead. I try not to predict on, on stuff as much as I can. So I liked the twist, if you want to call it that at the end. That wasn't exactly what I had in mind. But, but you know, even from just watching the trailer on this, as compared to some of the other movies that he's done, you, you, you know what the bit is. And, there's a couple of little differences here and there, and and again, I wasn't I wasn't 100 percent sure of how uh, this was all gonna gonna come together at the end. Um, so I was, and I was, I don't know if I was surprised, but I was I was I was I was pleased with the end. I thought the end was was kind of fun and made sense. Yeah. Uh, so so there's that. But you're right; it's not the same as I see dead people or right. It's you. Uh, the, yeah. You know. the, the ending is fun and. and- I guess makes sense for the story, but like, did it surprise you? Did it give you that M night Shyamalan? Like what? No. Did it change your perspective of what you had seen before? No, like that's, that's I would, I would like to tell you that, that, that would, (laughs) that that shows that he's growing as a filmmaker, but I don't think that that's true. I just think it was probably a little bit underwhelming comparatively to that kind of thing. Cause I think he was in, and probably still is obsessed with recreating the feel or the high that he got from the sixth sense. I, I mean, yeah, I, I he he sort of has. I don't know. I guess I could have gone and pulled quotes, but I, he he kind of has fessed up to that at times over the years. You know, people always criticize J.J. Abrams for being kind of obsessed with the mystery box, and then, and I'm always like, yeah, sh- okay, okay, a little, but like M Night Shyamalan exists, y'all. So right. I mean, that's that's the that's an obsession. That's trying to to feed that, and so, um. I think for the village is a great example of this. I think the village is a pretty, I really like the village again. I think it's a pretty great, pretty good movie. And, um, I think that one of the reasons why it was poorly received is that the twist quote unquote is a good, it's a good plot twist, but it's, it's, it's so heavy handed in the way that it, that he approaches it. And, feels like okay we get it dude you're the twist guy like we understand we can you know you could there could be a little nuance to this um so for for this to be like more predictable is like maybe that's a good thing maybe he's he's sort of figuring out but i I would some of the rest of the movie would lead me to feel like no that's not really the case it's just it's just kind of an underwhelming it's just underwhelming as a twist but it's pretty good as a story i think yeah yeah, Richard, any thoughts on uh, any of the stuff I just said in terms of this one? Uh, we'll yeah. get to the end, but in terms of this, sure. like, like, it's exactly what I expected it to be. <laughs> and yeah. nothing surprised me, which I don't want to say for an M. Night movie. Yeah, I mean, you look at something like Split, you know, had a bit of a reveal, but also more of a reveal of where it sits right within the... the one of the, the biggest reveal was that it was in the universe. Of the right. That, I mean, it changes your entire... Right, it changes the context of the film, right? Absolutely, in a completely it's different. Really, it's like, wow, that, what you know, puts it in a different perspective, and and this did not. No, totally. But I mean, I, I, that's a separate thing, right? You can't, you know, that's not really a plot twist. It was a really cool, clever idea. It's um, great it's be because hard it's to, his stuff. You know, he can do that because it was his own movie. He was playing off of. You know, it's like. Right. You can only do that once. Like he can't do another movie where, oh, this is a sign sequel. You know, I think like that's to be expected now. <laughs> right. 
No, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah. he, he can't do that one again. So this is more of a kind of within the, just the construct of this movie twist, if you want to call it that. And it's kind of like he's backed into a corner, right? He he he, he can't do, you know, I mean, unless he's doing something like After Earth again or like a bigger movie. If it's a, if it's a written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan joint, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you would you would be in much more trouble if there was no twist than a a sort of haphazard one, right? I mean, he's got to have it in there. It's like the most expected thing for his fans and even casual people that are just going to see it. That's what they're they're shelling out money to see. Um, you're right. This is definitely on the lower end of it. I of it. It's kind of um, it's like a lesser version of. It feels of the, like a knockoff M Night movie. Yeah, I mean, it's the same <laughs> kind of thing. Re- really, it's plot wise kind of very similar to the twist in the village right i mean it's sure uh, yeah. the village one's definitely pulled off better and is is more of a whoa but it's kind of the same you know mm. um it reminds me of us i mean it's almost yeah. the same yeah yeah the same some plot of that twist too. as us um but yeah i mean it's it was it didn't but he'd have to i don't know what he could do to you know i mean, I would imagine you know, there's only so many of those really whoa ones uh sure. they that that he has, you know, since uh, since signs really signs doesn't really have it other than like the water thing. But yeah, what good anyway. does it do him to do one of these if he's not blowing our minds with something, right? You know, like that's that's the point I don't get. Yeah, I mean, because he's just watering you know, he it down at this point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's watering it down far less than he did for the the four movies after the village yeah. or the signs. I mean, it's still I will I'll take this all day over the happening or of course yeah um all that so. So yeah, yeah, I get it. But go ahead, Brian. No, I, I was just gonna say I I think I would love for him to figure out how to make movies that don't have to blow our minds. I think that's part of the trap that he's been yeah, in for the last too late twenty now. years. Yeah, he'd have to do something like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there would have to be like PR around it, right? Sure. Of like, yeah. hey, this isn't a twist. Just putting mm-hmm. it out there, and then <laughs> right, right, you know, yeah. like almost cleanse the palate with one that does sure. it, and like that's the yeah. marketing thing. It has to be like a like everyone's going to be like shape of water thing. Like, yeah, no, exactly. this is a different thing. This is like a yeah. for a different audience type of thing. But then, yeah, but then of course everyone's still going to the theater. Like, oh, I think he's messing with us. There's going to be even bigger yeah, twist yeah. on this one. But you have to kind of like break the seal on it once or twice to kind of. Right. Yeah, that's true. that would be awesome if they, they got a huge PR stunt behind it and and, we're, and they were just promoting it as like a real M Night. This isn't a twist, we promise. And then there is a twist. At the end. He should do a movie that would be the best name. A what? He, he should he should do a pseudonym one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would that be could awesome. Be it too. Yeah, yeah that that would be, be that's awesome. the other way to do it. You're right. Just, yeah, just to see, just to, G Night Shyamalan. <laughs> that would be. How has he not done that yet? Maybe he has. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's Christopher Nolan. Have you thought I about heard that? He, yeah, I heard together. He, that would be I, awesome. I heard he made that um, uh, Parcells on the Cowboys documentary. <laughs> oh, that twist at the end. Was, Man, yeah. there's some great, great yeah. voiceover work in that one. Yeah, y'all. there is. Jeez. The um, the thing about M Night though is like I feel like I feel like he could do I don't know TV. You know, he's got kind of a Twin Peaks vibe. Did yeah, you see Wayward he did Pines? That, uh, he did twice. He did that. Uh, uh, oh, the shoot, one on uh, Servant that's on Apple TV. Yeah, I, I watched, watched that, that first season of that, movie. and it was one yeah. of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And it has, what's his name in it? Uh, Toby Kebbell. So oh, okay. uh, it's out. a hard sell yeah, for yeah, me. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's one of the creepiest, most unsettling things yeah. I've ever seen. And I don't know if that's good or bad. 
you know? Okay. So yeah. I feel like it's way too hard in the direction of sure. I'm going to make something he, scary. Uh, he did some work on Wayward. He directed some episodes of Wayward Pines, which was on Fox. Yeah. Maybe I know his Fox production company ago. did that one. Um, yeah. Those are pretty interesting. Um, I think that he, it w- he would be better served by, at least as far as Wayward Pines go, it would have been better served as a Netflix series rather than however many episodes we're trying to fit into Fox, you know, and then come back to season two. I see what you're doing. Two. You're trying to get yeah. Carlo Gugino on paid cable. I see <laughs> hey, what you're doing. look, I just, I'm just doing a little work for you, yeah. Arby. Uh, just, you know, I know you appreciate. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that that show had some promise and, and could have been really cool. And I think the, the episodes he directed were, were pretty well done. So you're right. I think TV would actually be something that he'd be, he'd be good at. Um, to have a little... I'd be interested to see what what a what ten hours looks like as opposed to two in terms of how right. what can we do with the story and develop it out and all that kind of stuff. Ah, ten twists would be crazy, man. That's gonna yeah. be nuts. Maybe too much. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it would work or not. But but it'd be if you could slow build to a twist. Is he capable of doing that? Could he pull it off? What what's the acting look like over the course of ten or twelve episodes in a in an M Night movie? Or man, it really sucks. The uh, the happening didn't work because like i feel like that was the the combination of we're going to give you good actors or well-known actors and money and you can be m night Shyamalan, you know and it didn't work and so now it's yeah, like all right you can uh, be m night Shyamalan, yeah. but you're not going to get name big name guys anymore and uh, you're not going to get a big budget so well, i mean sorry it's just he's he's not a He's not an actor's director. I mean, it's just he yeah. he's not going to get anything from you from behind the camera, I don't think. I mean, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson are are really good and unbreakable. Uh, Mel G- I mean, Mel Gibson is a complete freak show, but he, he's a great actor and I mean, he's really good in signs. Um Is it um you, you can get if you've got great talent, they can it's it's sort of the George Lucas thing. It's yeah. it's he they can overcome poor or or mediocre direction uh from behind the camera but like i mean mark Wahlberg can't i mean well, mm-hmm. I, you know i like mark Wahlberg on screen but he definitely can be bad in movies if he's not getting i think good direction and then when you when you lose the axe and will smith's the same thing will smith can be a great actor but i mean after earth is terrible and you and he's awful in it i mean it's it's yeah i don't know and I, since i'll go then, as far like as said, to say he, he's, uh, he's working with lesser I don't want to say lesser actors, but but certainly not name actors. Most of the not time. Mark Wahlberg. And a lot of times not they're not they're not yeah. getting him Brad Pitt or no. anything like that. If he wants, no, him, you he, know, yeah, he's he's not getting. He, it would have. I mean, the McAvoy one is interesting because Samuel L. Jackson's probably the biggest actor he's worked yeah, with, and sure, maybe ever. Sure, McAvoy's really great in Split, but I I don't know about y'all. I I I mean, I don't love Split, but I got the impression with that 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 was like. Here's the thing I've been that 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 was that that was all McAvoy not yeah. Shyamalan like getting something out of him you know oh yeah I'm sure he told him hey there's ten personalities you can yeah. develop them and right. he did it over time and McAvoy's really talented really right. talented person um, I'll I'm I'll, I might go as far as to say and we'll get into old here some more um, but I'll go as far as to say Brian that M Night's just not a good director and yeah, I know that's I like that's people are yeah. gonna hear that and say. How can somebody who did The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and Signs not be a good director? You can be a great producer mm-hmm. and not be a good director. I mean, it's sure. it's totally those fine. Are good, you those know? are great scripts, you know, yeah. You can yeah, have a vision sure. and say, this is what the movie needs to be, and I for can sure. get it there without being the best person to do it. 
Um, yeah. you know, and take a, you know, George Lucas hired Steven Spielberg to make Raiders, you know, because he right. knew like Steven right. was the best person to make this film. Um, but yeah. George knew what it needed to be. And of course it is what it is. But, yeah, you know, I, I think he understands story really well, right. which is, a, you know, an important part of all this thing. And his, I, that's why I'm always drawn to his to his movies, even when they're they're bad, with the exception of the happening in Last Airbender. But um, because I think the story is really interesting. There's this this and this one is no no exception. to that. I think it's an interesting story. I just don't think that I think you're right. I don't think I think he's probably not a very good director. He's just um, a Maybe he's an okay director. He has no vi- he has no yeah. creative flair yeah. to be quite honest with you. Like it's a, it's a, amazing to me that somebody can make I don't know how many movies has he made 10, 12 at this point something mm-hmm. like that yeah. and still not so. like be good at picking shots and putting the camera where it needs to be and sure. cutting yeah. superfluous storylines and like you would think it would be like he would it would be like clockwork at this point. Um because, you know, I just feel like he's just a wasted opportunity, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. And, um, you know, hire somebody that knows what the hell they're doing and he could be a lot more successful, I feel like. But he's so caught up mm-hmm. in, you're right, Brian, A, blowing people's minds and B, being M. Night Shyamalan, writer, director, this is mm-hmm. this is who I am, mm-hmm. this is my vision that, you know, he limits his potential that way. And- I mean, the amount of superfluous crap in this movie was yeah. was pretty mind blowing. I mean, the amount of family drama that just needed to, went nowhere, has contributed well, nothing uh, to the plot. Yeah. The pacing's awful. And, and look, I'm going to give this a positive grade at the end of this. I'll just go ahead and spoil my yeah, you know, a light positive. Um, but I watched this with my wife, and she kept like, and I mean, I. She, I'm sure she wasn't paying 100% attention to this just like I wasn't. But there's a, so many things where it's just like, wait, hold on, what? Because And it's not like a good hold on what. It's like that escalated so weirdly and quickly and it doesn't ever feel like you never really get to kind of ruminate on what's going on with, with this whole beach and stuff. And so to me, it was, you're right, can't, like I, I thought that a lot of the shots were terrible and the camera movement, Really looks like a TV. It looks like a yeah. like a bad Black Mirror episode. Like yeah, on it, shot. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it looked really poor. But for me, it's more. I can get over bad shot composition. The pacing of it was yeah. was a bigger issue to me. It yeah, was, and he always puts out these tweets like, "Dude, I'm just I'm in the, I'm grinding in the editing bay, just making this thing better frame by frame." It's like, yeah. Dude, if it's, you're spending that much real, time, like yeah, I really don't think you are because there's so much crap. I can go in there in one hour and be like, yeah. all right, this eight seconds can go, uh, you know, right. it's just not, this it's is, not tight this at is all. Richard's, this is Richard's corner, but it's big like Cliff Kingsbury, Adam Gase territory, you know, that kind yeah. of energy where it's like, okay, man, Football guy. cool that you're right. You're, it's awesome. I guess that you're working 22 hours a day, but like, what's the results on that? Cause it doesn't, <laughs> that's maybe, maybe, maybe it would be better to not work 22 hours a day and have your, your content be good. Um, yeah. at the end of the day, I would, I would say, but or at yeah, least I, try I it. See if it gets worse. Just give it a shot for like three weeks in the middle of the season, you know, just, yeah. just see if it, see if something works out like that. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, there's certainly things in this, uh, pacing wise. And there's like, a couple subplots that could be I think that the subplot out. with like the pregnant sure. yeah. kids and like well I was into I, that 
no, I mean, I mean, there's there's certain stuff that like, I mean, who cares about their family drama? If the entire right. point of this movie is to figure out how to get off this beach, who cares yeah, right. if they're going through a hard time in their marriage? Well, like, I really don't give a crap. That it's ex- that it exists. You know, it's like okay, so part of this is. They picked us because we all have this, you know, this medical condition, these medical conditions that mm-hmm. we're dealing with and blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. We've established, we know within the first five minutes that this couple is both going through a medical issue and some sort of extramarital affair or whatever. Like we know that they're having trouble and we could, we could be done with that at that point. And it's kind of the same with, with Rufus Sewell and his family. It's like, they kind of keep coming back to it and. I don't think we really needed it. I think, I think it's, we, a, we it's all just buying time like, for the reveal. It. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. we get him on the beach yeah. and then the reveal happens. And then how, what happens in that hour in between? It's just like talking, crying. Yeah. It, look, it's, it, it's an 85 minute movie yeah. that he, he's, it could have been, it should have been a, a short. Yeah. Honestly, this should have yeah. been what? a 10 minute yeah. short an episode of black mirror. Like this was yeah. the most stretched out thing i've ever seen him do and and that's discouraging because like i said he should at this point in his career he should know better or he should have yeah, somebody but he doesn't him, and he's not gonna yeah. i mean he's, just, he's not going to at this point yeah so it's you accept what i think it's we're i think we have to be at the place where it's like we accept what we're gonna get with him and because he's he's proven time and time again that this is who he is as, as a filmmaker and there's some quality to it and there's some there's some pros and and some cons and you know, I think that's that's reflected in like the Rotten Tomato score and the reception that it's even had within our Discord. Like the number of people who have who have requested this movie because they hated it, and the number of people who have requested a review of this movie because they really dug it and want to hear us talk about. It. So it's 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 just kind of this is who he is, and this is what the kind of, this is the kind of quality we can typically expect from him at this point. I don't think he's going to get better. At, at what? Let's talk about the end here, but one thing I do want to mention, I think he's a really good actor. <laughs> and I feel like he could have been an actor if he were if he really wanted to. I remember <laughs> seeing signs and being like, who is that who is the guy uh Rudy or whatever? Cuz he was awesome. And then finding out it was the director and being being pretty blown, mind blown. I mean, this all goes back to Alfred Hitchcock put himself in every movie. So of course, M9 has to do the same thing, you know, right. in some way. But I, it doesn't bother me as much because I feel like he's a pretty good actor. And um, it's not like Quentin Tarantino doing weird accents or anything like that. Like, I think he knows his place and he's often in a role that's kind of – it, it works for a director to be in the roles that he's in. Um, it makes sense. Like, he's not putting himself in the lead or anything. So that's uh, – that, that was kind of fun to see him in this. But – so we get him dropping them off at the beach and the spoilers coming up now for old. If you haven't seen it, um, right. As soon as he drops them off the beach, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is a government experiment. And they're, uh, you know, this is obviously like they're being experimented on. And that's, that's, that's what happens at the end, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like, why are they being experimented on is what we're trying to figure out. But still that's to me, that's like, uh, you know, rear window being like, uh, yeah, he he's the murderer, but not because his wife is cheating on him, but because he got fired at work. It's like, okay, doesn't matter. It's still the murderer at the end. You know, it's like, 
Mm-hmm. I really don't. That's why I said it's more of a reveal than like a twist because sure. Yeah. I mean, we're just trying to figure out why they're there. Um, and, and to me, it was like blatantly obvious as soon as they got to the hotel and they're drinking the drinks and all this stuff that like, oh, this is just like these people have been recruited to be experimented on. And I guess the reveal is that this pocket of beach is like time goes by really fast. So this pharmaceutical company is testing medicine there. So they can test, do, yeah. do trials on people a lot faster yeah. than, um, you know, mm. normal lifetime trials and things like that. So I guess that's the, that's a twist and it, yeah. it's got this whole satire built in of, you know, <laughs> obviously pharmaceutical industry and things, but yeah, I mean, like I saw the twist and just because it's okay, it's a pharmaceutical company and not, um, you know, some escape room or some weird, uh, voyeuristic, um, you know, clan or something like that. It, it's still kind of the same thing at the, in the, at the end of the day to me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess if there's a twist twist, it's instead of a reveal, it's that this is natural. This is like the earth created yeah. this beach where this happens. And then, uh, you know, this pharmaceutical company sort of the, um, the ends justify the means kind of thing mm-hmm. that we get with that, that little speech there at the end, which I liked. I, I liked, I thought it was a, a, a fun little, uh, I keep wanting to say twist. And then I think, I don't know, twist is not, I don't know, d- development, I guess I, it's, it's that part of the story worked for me, I guess is, is what I should say. I thought that was a, that was a cool concept. Um, and it, it felt, felt pretty it felt relatively modern i think that's sometimes one of his problems is that he is so obsessed with hitchcock that a lot of his stuff kind of feels sort of uh antiquated behind the times but um i thought this was sort of a, a modern take on things and uh I, and i dug it i thought i thought i thought it was i thought it was pretty funny it, it I, I will tell you it bumped my grade up from from where it was to where it's gonna be so i, I thought it was a cool it was a good uh execution on something that i was relatively expecting this is what's going to happen, you know, by that point. It could have way been way sloppier, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, uh, Richard, any thoughts on the on the end? Yeah, I mean, I I thought, I, you know, the pharmaceutical part was kind of uh, satirical, I think, you know, a bit and, and, and worked. You know, I thought that was kind of funny because um, that's probably what would happen if we found a, uh, it would immediately become... Some kind of company would figure out a way to make money on a magic beach. Uh, um, so I like that. Yeah, I I want to shout out. I thought, uh, yeah, he's not a great. I love Vic, Vicky Creeps or Crepes, or however you say. Her. I loved her in Phantom Thread. I like. I, I just like her as an actress. Mm-hmm. Thought she was good in this, but um, but yeah, shout I mean, out yeah. to Abby Lee, whose character is the most hateable character maybe. Oh yeah, since the dude from The White Lotus. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Plop. Um, Plop. Yeah. yeah. Uh Abby Lee, she was despicable in this. So props to her for for pulling that off. <laughs> yeah. And I'm creeped uh, out by Alex Wolf, man. He's Yeah, he's, he's got, good. Uh, I mean, he's good. I'm not I'm not saying I mean, I'm not saying he's not, but he's like uh who's the kid from Dunkirk and uh or, uh uh Green Knight? The, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Comment. What's his name? Um Kyog, something like it, it doesn't matter. That dude, if Alex Wolf shows up in my daily life, I'm I'm out. Barry I gotta, I gotta yeah yeah. There we go. Both of those two. I'm on. We I gotta. You gotta haven't even seen Hereditary, Brian. Dude, I can't even. <laughs> that, I'm sure that has leaked into my brain. Oh my though. gosh, like, just, he's part of that. I know. I want. Oh man, you gotta guy. see that movie, dude. Out. 
Yeah. To, uh, why I was like 30 minutes into Pig before I like settled in with him. I was like, all right, he's not going to murder Nicolas Cage or something. Like, I'm, it, he creeps me out. Creeps me out. I don't know. Another so solid Batman movie. Unsettling. Another out. solid movie he's in is uh, Thoroughbreds from 2018 yeah. with. Uh, Sure. Olivia Cook okay. and Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah. That's a I solid. I vaguely remember that solid yeah. movie. Anton Yelkin's uh, last last movie. Uh, by the way. Oh yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, it, you know, this is kind of an ensemble kind of thing. I like that. I like Gail Garcia Bernal. I, I like to see him in more in more things. Obviously, Thomas and McKenzie is is blowing up too, and and it was a really scaled down thing. Listen, like I said, if M Night can do these movies and do them for 5 million and I'll go see him. I mean, I'm with you, Brian. Uh, you know, I still get excited for an M night Shyamalan movie. I do. It, mm-hmm. I think the, the hope is that I have that. I can replicate that feeling of the sixth sense or signs again. And who knows? Maybe we will, maybe he'll hit a, hit another stride here late and he'll find a, a really cool project or script or actor that he wants to work with and, and it'll work out. But, um, I think this is like a very lateral step. It's not like a step in the right direction or a step backwards, but it's like, yeah, he's just going to continue being in, you know? Yeah. The, uh, like I said, I think this is who he is. Yeah. I think this is who he is. He may, he's going to make, you know, movies that like, <laughs> it seems like the, <laughs> like the goal is to get a B, you know, and that's fine. He's, he's a, he's, He's shooting hard for that that B, and maybe every once in a while, it'll be an A minus. But also sometimes it's going to be a C. You know? I wish he would do like high, Just, high, uh, you know, really popular thrillers like like Gone Girl or something. You know, I really wish. I just don't think he has that level of. Like uh, you said, I wish he would maybe write one and then someone else could direct or find like that. one that's like really good, a really great book and adapt it. You know, like that's yeah. what Hitchcock would do. He would just find oh, these yeah. awesome, these awesome plays. Like he would go see a play in London and, and be like, uh, you know, I confess a movie, a movie about it. Psycho a, was a book. Yeah. Know? Psycho was a book. Um, you know, I confess a, a movie about a, a priest who, you know, somebody confesses a murder to a priest and then, the priest can't tell anybody, even though he knows who the murderer was. You know, he see, sees a play and he's like, that was awesome. I'm going to make it into a movie. You know, like mm-hmm. the ability to just find something and catch people off guard is really something to be admired. I don't think his taste is is that great <laughs> these days anymore. I don't think, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. I'll give this a, a uh, B. Mm. Brian? Yeah, same. Straight B. I mean, I, I will tell you, coming up to that last 20, 15 minutes, I was like, not really digging this, but I, I thought the execution on the end of it was good, and it let me feel like I could appreciate the story that was being told through the movie more than uh, than maybe I was through the course of, of watching the movie. Um, but I do wish that it was... I know we say this movie should be shorter all the time, but like this really, this was an hour and a half. This was a 90 minute movie and it didn't need to be stretched out as hour as long 48. As it was. Yeah. That's too many. That's too many minutes, man. It's too many minutes for yeah. this. Or, or if you're going to go, if you're going to be a two hour movie, then I need better pacing because it, it moved at a weird pace. And I don't know, maybe if I was watching in the theater, I would have felt more of that kind of energy that you get from something moving fast. But I don't really think I would have, I think it was poorly paced and that that is annoying. 
um, yeah. to have a movie that's stretched out and also is it feels um, like it's it's definitely you know, it, it doesn't understand the pace of it. But the first the hour went, worked for me and there's some good stuff to it. First so. hour went by slower and then it, it sped up a yeah. bit. But yeah, you're still for sure. me. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go B minus for me. Just a couple of Rotten Tomatoes blurbs here as we close and move on to weekly recommends. Associated Press, Jocelyn Novacek says, The characters are quirky, but trust us, not in a good way. In an annoying, <laughs> instantly tedious, I dare you to care about me way. <laughs> that is so <laughs> spot on for this movie. Like, who yeah. gives a crap about these people? Like, I want to know about yeah. this beach, man. For sure. For um, sure. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. The, this I had this pulled up too, Kent. I didn't know you were going to do that, but... Ty Burr from the Boston Globe said, this is his blurb on Rotten Tomatoes, was old as a fiendish idea only partially realized. I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly... That's, that's exactly M. Night to a T right there. Yeah, yeah. Man, the guy from Modern Family really went after him there. <laughs> <laughs> Ty Burrell was livid. Um, and one more here from Time he has Out. Very, he has exacting standards <laughs> as a film right. critic. That's right. Uh, we'll get... Let's see. Uh, one more here. Austin Chronicle says rotten rarely have i felt more like my life was slipping away in the cinema <laughs> so there's wow. a nice little pun for you there yeah. um let's see what he did okay that's it uh let's hit a quick week recommend before we get out of here weekly recommends sure yeah i'm gonna recommend kind of a, a joint project a podcast tv show uh but roger bennett from men and blazers uh, yeah. who i recommended his book recently he's uh he's doing a podcast on band of brothers and because uh, i think that is celebrating its 20th year if i remember correctly uh band of brothers the hbo world war ii show um and so they're dropping weekly episodes i think they're on week four right now and i believe band of brothers is a 10 episode scene. so i hadn't seen band of brothers in a really long time uh, and I've been going through week by week and just watching the one, one episode and, and listening to the, to the podcast. Uh, Roger's great. He's always just, I don't know. He's such a joyful presence. Uh, his, his voice is so great and, and a lot of fun. So he's getting different, uh, cast members and, and people who are involved in making the show every week and talking to them about the whole process of making Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers is a pretty great limited series one one of the best of uh of this era for sure and uh it's been pretty enjoyable going back and watching great cast too if you've never seen band of brothers it's on hbo max um and it is one of those that you'll so many dudes pop up in that yeah it's like that guy has one line and then you know now they're it's they're hardy and benedict cumberbatch and all over michael fassbender yeah um, I mean, it's just, there's tons. Donnie Wahlberg. Right. They went to <laughs> extremes to get this thing done right. Uh, and the guy from the, the sprint commercials, you know, what a, what a guy. Um, yeah, like they, 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 uh, they just went to incredible links to kind of capture the realism of world war two and, uh, boot camp and, and all these sorts of things. And I, I don't know. I, we, we, as a society, we sort of over glorify, um, war and, and, and military and all that sort of stuff. in, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the good, the positive that it brings about. Um, and I've always felt like band of brothers was a series that did a really great job of, um, Honoring the people who who uh, fought in in these wars and 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 the generations that came before us without 
um, glorifying too much um, what they were doing, what what were what war is like, and what we were going through. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a really good revisit for me, and uh, and I, the podcast is like a really nice compliment. I've I've been pretty resistant to this kind of podcast over the last few years. Like, I'm sure that a lot of people are getting a lot of, out of like the Office podcast or Parks and Recreation podcast that's coming or whatever, but it's not really my thing. Yeah. But this is such a limited run series, you know, it's like kind of go in knowing I'm, this is only going to be 10 episodes and it's going to be really in depth and get some kind of behind this. So anyway, um, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, I think, uh, some of our listeners will too. So it's, it's a band of brothers podcast with Roger Bennett and then band of brothers, the show, which you can watch on HBO max. Yeah. Executive produced of, of course, by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. This kind of yeah. came off the tails of saving private Ryan and then wanting right. to continue right doing stuff in that same style and telling these stories mm-hmm. after it's just them speaking with all those veterans during the, the time right. of, of right. world war two and, and them realizing, you know, our time's running out to tell these stories. Um, you know, what's awesome about that is they cast David Schwimmer as like a freaking army drill sergeant yeah. in 2000, mm-hmm. the yeah. middle of Ross Geller's Bullshit, height man. of his yeah. fame. He, they're like, Oh, you know who would be great for this? Ross Geller, you know, and he's awesome. Yeah. He's so good. And it's like when Vince Vaughn shows up as in, in Hacksaw Ridge, you're like, wow, I sure. didn't think this yeah. would work, but it really does. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, truly the casting on that show is like, is some of the best of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really impeccable. What, what, uh, what they're able to do. But, uh, yeah, the show's incredible. Every episode of that show starts with, uh, or I series, whatever. Um, it starts with like real interviews with with a couple of of the people who are in who were in this uh, battalion or whatever uh, platoon and and you know asking them about their experiences and you know for like two minutes and then it cuts to you know the the dramatization of it and stuff. But it's 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 a really it truly is the fantastic show. I didn't love the the Pacific that came out maybe about ten years know, later. Ten years yeah. later, yeah. I didn't love that quite as much. Um, there were some things that were kind of, to me, were a little bit lost in in the translation, but um, but it still was pretty quality. But Band of Brothers is is Remy Malek's in it, so that hurts it a little bit. Yeah, it, I mean, seriously, he he's creepy as heck in that in that yeah. uh, in the Pacific. But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry, but Band of Brothers is is fantastic, and so the commentary on it's been really cool too. I've 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 really enjoyed really enjoyed the rewatch. So. Have you seen They Shall Not Grow Old, Brian? Yeah. Oh yeah. man. That's Ooh, man. that's so good. Yeah. Talk about voices of veterans and stuff. I mean Right. Right. That might be the best ever I've ever seen. Check that one out. Um, Richard, what you recommend? Yeah, mine's also an anniversary uh podcast and documentary it came out. I've watched the documentary uh tonight when it aired and it'll be on uh ESPN plus and all that stuff. But uh PTI turned twenty. Nice. So there's a documentary on PTI that came out tonight and a four part podcast on the history of, of one of the more influential shows, certainly on all three of us and, and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. sports and news and all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, no, that's, it's a cool little one hour doc that they did a good job on it. Like I think it was the E60 people that made it. Oh, nice. I need to check that out. Nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I highly recommend it aired tonight and uh, it's good. And Kornheiser didn't want to do it because he felt like it was a um, eulogy. But they talked him into he appears a few times, so that's good. Yeah, that they need to ESPN needs to sign those two to a lifetime contract. Like as long as they're breathing, they're gonna be on the air together. You know? <laughs> yeah. That needs to be the the case. Just say, all right, you're getting 
two million a year for life until you're dead and you're <laughs> and you're doing PTI. That's it. You know, I, 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 there will always be a place for Wilbon and Tony to, to chime in on, Absolutely. on things. I love those guys. As long as uh, there are treadmills, PTI should be on. <laughs> yes. Gosh. Right. Good right. stuff. Um, okay. I'm going to recommend a, a documentary I just watched. Um, it came out uh, a couple of years ago, 2017. It's called 24 by 36. And mm. it's it's a, called a movie about movie posters. And uh, they interview a bunch of poster artists and, uh, you know, poster collectors and just talk about basically the lost art of movie posters and how the designs have changed over time. Mm. Uh, why you see the three faces now and, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean style <laughs> movie poster where it's three faces at the top and the name of the movie and that's it. Um, and how there's been this huge movement with Mondo and they interviewed mm -hmm. Mondo and, and how these custom posters are starting to become a huge thing and studios are realizing that and they're starting to make real posters now for like Blu-ray sets and things like that. So if you like, uh, you know, movie posters and, um, I've wondered why they suck now. This is a great documentary to watch and check out. Um, nice. it's called 24 by 36. Um, and, uh, Sweet. yeah, it came out a couple of years ago. It's not like the best production quality, but like the interviews are good. And a lot of facts are thrown out there that I think you guys will really, really enjoy. But, um, yeah, check this one out. That's 24 great, by 36. Man. And um, it made I, me really want to go like, up. made me really regret not buying Mondo posters back in the day that I wanted, oh, and, you know, because yeah. they're worth like an insane amount now. Um, you know, yeah. some of the original ones are from back when they first started doing posters. But um, <laughs> yeah, like the Star Wars Ollie Moss set, like if you have that, you're, right. you're like set for life basically, you know, but um, man, really cool. And I followed like 20 artists on Instagram after nice. watching this documentary for finding yeah. their, their work. And some of them already had their work like in my Plex library. And, and I already had posters of theirs that sure. I picked up at, at IMAX screenings and stuff. So it was cool. Really cool documentary. That's awesome. Yeah. I was big, doing big uh, B Gill energy with this. this one. Yeah, for sure. I saw that pop up on your, on your uh, Plex <laughs> feed and I almost queued it up last night and then I, I got distracted by other stuff, but because you have quite a, an extensive uh, behind the curtain sort of setup going over and over there, Kinto on your on your place. <laughs> but um, I was I talked about that a little bit on. We have a, a listener who's a buddy of mine who who teaches a high school um, entrepreneurship class and business class and all this sort of stuff. And he he had me he asked me to come in and and talk about a, a variety of top. Come in, I did a Zoom call with him talking some some movie related topics just the industry and of course by that i mean the biz and uh <laughs> i saw he, he asked Classic. me my movie posters that's one of the questions so I, I got to talk for a couple minutes on why movie posters suck now and what that looks like and stuff so i was very interested to see that that popped up it felt like one of those like has the government have, has can't actually been working for the nsa and planting stuff in my brain oh that's funny it right it, i mean it was like it was right on topic for what i had just talked about it's kind of funny yeah yeah man uh, check this one out i know you'll you'll really enjoy it but uh yeah google it 24 by 36 movie about movie posters movie fans you'll you'll enjoy that one thanks for listening and, and being a, a listener of mad about movies main feed but if you want more from us like i said we're diving into pan's labyrinth we've got that full ama episode dropping this week and then you know we're rounding out the year with a bunch of Oscar-y type episodes because there won't be room on the main feed for all of the uh, movies in contention. So we'll hit 
some of them on the uh, on the exclusive VIP. And uh, we've got the Discord there as well. So check that out and enjoy it and chime in on the conversation off the air. If you want more from us, follow us on Twitter at Mad About Movies, Instagram, Mad About Movies Podcast. Follow Brian is Beagle 12, Richard's Richard Barton, I'm Kent Garrison, and follow uh, the NFL stuff we're doing uh, about the Cowboys and the Athletic Football Show, if you are into that as well. We'll uh, see you next week, soon, hopefully. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I've got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. They're calling again. 